Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. The true crimes of the Chinese Communist government include forced harvesting of organs, innocent, peaceful people, specifically peaceful, innocent Buddhists, known as Falun Gong. And this is known to be true. We'll get into a little more detail on this as well. The crime of, well, I'd say the United States government, uh, big business, even our, our news networks, is that they ignore this. And every once in a while, there might be some little story in the news. That maybe it's played on a Sunday sometime when very few people are watching. It's not something that's repeated, and it needs to be. The Chinese Communist government is capturing peaceful, innocent Buddhists, putting them in the slave labor camps, harvesting their organs and selling these organs for the profit of the Chinese Communist government. Falun Gong is this, this peaceful Buddhist religion of which I speak. And for those of you who listen to this program for over 20 years, I thank you. I thank you very much. And for about 14 of those, it's been certainly known. In fact, probably about 16 years it's been known for certain that this has been happening. Um, they've been accused of forced organ harvesting since 2000. And since around 2006, I think it has become uh, nationally known. There is a China tribunal in London. And they issued a judgment just a few years ago. And it was uh, reiterated, in fact, just a couple of years ago that the tribunal members after this investigation are indeed certain, unanimously, and sure beyond reasonable doubt, that in China, forced organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience has been practiced for a substantial period of time involving a very substantial number of victims. They don't know how many victims there are. A million? More than a million? Two million? On the phone right now for you, and I I really, really do uh, encourage you to listen to this uh, this segment of the Jensen Show, please. We have uh, two guests on. One is a woman whose father was a victim of this organ harvesting. And uh, the other is a woman who's been very, very involved with this uh, here in the States, Dr. Jessica Russo. She's a clinical psychologist based in Philly board member of Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting. And Jessica, I want to thank you for being on the phone. The fact that there is a Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting is troubling just from the get-go. I mean, there shouldn't even Mm -hmm. be such an organization. How did you come to be involved with this? Well, I joined this group in 2013. I had been hearing reports about this. Just like you said, the reports really started coming out in 2006. So I've known about this for years, and I wanted to contribute. This is really such a serious issue, and you're absolutely right. It gets so underplayed in the news. You know, recently, Jiang Zemin, the um, former head of the Chinese Communist Party, who began the persecution of Falun Gong. These are the largest group of, of victims of forced organ harvesting. And he initiated forced organ harvesting of Falun Gong practitioners. All of the articles on his death, that I could see only had maybe one or two lines about the persecution of Falun Gong. So it's, it's really a shame because this is the largest persecuted group in China. Um, just to give you a sense of numbers, 
The Uyghurs, they're getting a lot of media attention. There are about 12 million, or certainly they were at the start of the, the persecution um, of their group. Uh, and there are between one to two million in labor camps. Um, Hong Kong, if you look at that population, it's just over 7.6 million. Um, the Tibetans, under the Chinese communist control, just over 6 million. But when it comes to Falun Gong practitioners, at the start of the persecution in 99, we're talking about between 70 to 100 million. That's a third of the U.S. population. How many Falun Gong now in China? Well, we don't really know. Um, we know it's practiced around the world in about 114 countries. Um, there were some reports years ago that noted uh, that there might be between um, 40 to 50 million Falun Gong practitioners, but that's, that's an estimate. So that means 30 to 60 million of the Falun Gong who were around in 1999 or so are what, dead? Uh, victims of genocide? They've well, left the country? Right. So we don't know. Probably all of the above. Maybe they quit the practice. Maybe they got out of China. Maybe they were killed either through torture or forced organ harvesting. Um, the, uh, the numbers, uh, when we talk about forced organ harvesting, really huge, but we can't even say how many have been killed through forced organ harvesting. We can just look at the evidence, uh, which tells us that likely millions have been killed for their organs. Um, there was a large-scale study that came out in 2016 that showed that China is doing between 60 to 100,000 organ transplants per year. And we know that the source of organs um, that the Chinese Communist Party has openly talked about, executed prisoners, criminal prisoners, that has been going way down. Amnesty International estimated that there were only about 1,700 uh, executed prisoners per year. This was many years ago, but they did mm -hmm. know that the numbers were going down every year. And then there's the voluntary donation pool. China never had a voluntary donation system until 2013. And this is because there's a, a heavy emphasis on keeping the body intact and undisturbed upon death. That's a strong cultural belief that's remained uh, very important in China. And so if you look at the numbers of the organ, the voluntary don donations in China, very low. Uh, 2017, it was about 0.02%. So we know that this is not going to account for the 60 to 100,000 transplants being done per year. Um, we do know other pieces of evidence, such as there was an organ transplant boom shortly after the persecution of Falun Gong started in 1999. There was a man uh, who back in, I think it was 2010, stated that there was a watershed moment in liver transplants in 2000. They reached 10 times that of 1999. Um, and in 2005, the number tripled further since 2000. And again, this, this doesn't um, account for the low number of voluntary donations or the number of executions. This is what the researchers found. 
it could only be Falun Gong practitioners because you're talking about a large group of healthy people who were being detained starting in 1999. Transplant Center is another example. That went up by 60, by 600, um, 300%, excuse me. So before the persecution of Falun Gong, there were 150 transplant centers in China. By 2006, there were uh, about 600 centers in China. So that's an increase of 300%. You know, um, Jessica, by the way, folks, yeah. if you just uh, tuned in, uh, you're listening to Dr. Jessica Russo. She's a clinical psychologi- a psychologist clinical psychologist based in Philadelphia, board member of Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting, which is happening in China for the profit, the financial profit for the Chinese Communist government. And what you're saying also parallels with that which I've read from the conclusions of the China Tribunal in London. Everything you're saying is something that's been documented by this China tribunal. What nobody really knows for certain is how many of these peaceful, innocent people have been captured by the Chinese Communist government, put into slave labor camps. I know people like to publish and say forced labor. It's slave labor. They, like, they put them into slave labor camps, and then they grab however many they need, and it could be tens of thousands per year for forced organ harvesting. Now... Mm-hmm. With this happening, Jessica, why is there not voluminous international outrage and sanctions on China? That is a great question. We ask ourselves that all the time. It is really unbelievable how little attention has been paid to this. And I really think it's because we are invested in China. We do trade with China. You know, this is true in any business, including transplant. In the U.S., for example, <clears throat> we train Chinese physicians, surgeons, who will likely go back and perform these murders. So in our teaching hospitals, we train these people. Our pharmaceutical companies supply uh, medicines for China's transplants. There was a study back in 2019, it came out in December, that showed that there were about 26 or 27 Western pharmaceutical companies, mostly based in the U.S., who are providing materials for China's transplantations. Damn, um, really? So, I, mean, yeah. and, I mean, it's bad enough that we have U.S. pharmaceutical companies that are dependent upon Chinese manufacturing, mm-hmm. but actually selling them the tools for this. Have yeah. now now uh, has your or any other organization gone uh, to the pharmaceutical industry and said, "Listen, you got to stop doing this." I don't know that any of us have done that. I don't know that we would get very far. Yeah, we try to talk to the people who would have some influence. You know, we're talking to governments all the time at the federal level, at the state level, even at the city level, because a lot of these pharmaceutical companies have branches. In, in our areas, um, but there's just, there's such little movement. We do have three bills in the House and the Senate. Um, there's a bill called the Stop Forced Organ Harvesting Act that's circulating in the House, and there's a companion bill in the Senate. 
Um, yeah, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll say something uh, uh, positive about that. Uh, our own Senator Chris Coons, Democrat, is partnering with Senator mm-hmm. Tom Carper, uh Tom Cart, uh, Cotton, gosh, I can't even talk today, yeah. partnering with Senator Tom <laughs> Cotton out of uh, Arkansas, I believe. If they pass this act, what does it do? Well, it's going to make sure that there are sanctions against anyone who has been determined to be involved in forced organ harvesting. Um, it will restrict visas. Uh, it will make sure that our government does not collude with China in, in the area of transplant. Um, that is a major problem. If we cut off our support for China's transplantation, there's no way they can, t- can, oh, excuse me, can continue. It's amazing to me that you have people in the NBA, professional basketball players, men of color, who don't seem to care that there is slave <laughs> labor in China, and they are profiteering from this. you got big tech, especially Apple, profiteering as well. And yet, this is just one of the many criminal enterprises engaged in by the communist government of China. That brings mm-hmm. me to somebody I want my audience to hear, please. And it's the story of Han Yun. Han Yun's father was a victim. She's on the phone right now from New York. Han Yun, thank you for being on. Uh, hi, Rick. Thank you for having me. I'd like to know how long you've been in New York and uh, tell us a story about the last time you saw your father and what happened to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm in New York uh, four years now. And uh, um, after the persecution started in 1999, uh, my father was arrested a few times in the central legal camp where he was tortured. And uh, he was last arrested on February 28, 2004, and detained in Fengshan District Detention Center in Beijing, and uh, persecuted to die in less than three months. And the police claimed that he died of a heart attack, but I thought that must be a mistake because he was so healthy before the arrest. And, uh, the police didn't allow our family to see my father until one month later, after my father's death. On that day, uh, it was on June uh, 18, 2004. Uh, a lot of police cars and officers came to closely monitor us. And uh, we were now allowed to change clothes for my father. And uh, they also forbid my family from bringing cameras. Now, only the immediate family member were allowed to see the body. And two persons in each turn in the end of the close watch of police on site. When I, when I saw my father's body, I, I still couldn't believe that it was real. And my father was thin and bruised all over. And his face was gunned and scared several places. And although there were a funeral makeup on his face, I could, I could still see his left eye was missing a chunk of skin and his cheeks were bruised. You know, you, you say um, that uh, Han Yun, you, you say you were not able to really uh, see your father closely, but uh, were you or any member of your family able to see any evidence of his organs being harvested? Yeah, um, 
Mm, because I I I I saw the uh the, my father uh the uh there were the uh thick thick like threads on his throat, and uh, the the incision extended down into his clothes, and uh, I I stepped closer into unbutton clothes in the in the wounds. So within the seconds of opening two buttons, the police immediately stopped me and uh, forced my family out of the facility. Mm. And next, my 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 other relatives went in, and they tore open my father's clothes. And uh, when the policemen were looking in the, they found that the incision stretched from his throat all the way to his abdomen. And uh, when they placed his abdomen, they found that it was stopped with hard eyes. And my, 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 my uncle was furious and uh, confronted the police what, about what they had done to my father. And the, and the police just said that this was due to an autopsy. But no one in my family had consented to an autopsy. And the police also refused to release the autopsy report. Hanyun, do you know of others, too, who have had similar experiences like this? Um, no, not really. Okay. And, and how soon after this did you escape China? Uh, I out of, I out of China 2015. Was there any pressure for you to stay in China or you, were you just able to leave? Uh, yes, I... I I got uh, arrested once, you know. Later, I thought I uh, I'm not safe in China, and uh, yes, it's terrible. It's terrible. I want to get to uh, Jessica Russo here as well. Jessica, I imagine you've heard many different cases like this. When people escape China, China come here and say, "Yes, I have all this evidence that I saw that you know my family member." was a, a victim of uh, organ harvesting. I would think so, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And we've had several people come forward to say I was medically tested and they were torturing me. You know, that doesn't make sense. That's one of the pieces of evidence. And, and these guys are subject to this medical testing that other prisoners of conscience or other prisoners are not subject to. Hanya, I'm just... I just uh... So taken aback. I'm so sorry that uh, this has happened with you and your family. And my question for, for Jessica on this is, what can we do about this sort of thing? We just live in Delaware, well, you know? Sure that I got... Yes. Yeah. Right. I know it seems like we, we have such little power here. Yeah. But, you know, we live in a democracy. So our politicians will listen to us if enough of us speak up. So I think we have to try to get our elected officials to co-sponsor these important resolutions, the Stop Forced Organ Harvesting Act in the Senate and the House, the Falun Gong Protection Act, which specifically addresses forced organ harvesting of Falun Gong practitioners in China. We want our representatives to co-sponsor this. Lisa Blunt Rochester, she should be co-sponsoring one of these, and Senator uh, Carper should be doing this as well. I encourage you listening to go to falundafa.org, F-A-L-U-N-D-A-F-A.org, and learn more about this and uh, and sign on. 
Gosh, uh, Han Yun, uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing this painful story, but it gives us an understanding of what's happened with, you know, likely millions of innocent people in communist China. And Dr. Jessica Russo, thank you for being on, too. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt.